0: Were your parents ever weird about you talking about coming in your vagina all the time? Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. Okay, so I lied again. I'm releasing this on a Wednesday, as you can see, mostly because I want to remind everyone to join me on Get Vocal tonight. And if this came out tomorrow morning, that would be pretty useless. Although I could remind you for next week because I will be on Get Vocal, G-E-T-V-O-K-L, every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. for an hour, taking your questions, coaching you live. I will have a guest that I coach live. I will have an expert that I take questions with. You can jump on camera and get your coaching right then and there. You can send me questions in the message box. It is a great way to interact and get that date coaching that you were looking for for free. You can also send your questions that you'd like to hear us talk about on this podcast and otherwise, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com and follow us and send us your questions, notyourtherapistpodcast on Instagram. Okay, listener question for this week. Someone more kind of sent me a rant of theirs and they had some thoughts about it, so I wanted to share it and then share my thoughts, which was, they were basically saying, why is it, is it just a coincidence that couples who are super, super, super like lovey-dovey and public about their love and how much they love each other and over the top about their relationship on social media always break up. Why is that? Is that just a coincidence? Whereas couples who tend to be a little more private, maybe post once in a while when it's really meaningful and important, but for the most part, don't post that much about their relationship seem to do better. I have noticed this as well, and I even think there are studies about it. I'm not, I can't say exactly what it is. On the one hand, I will say a lot of people break up. So while we could draw a lot of storylines from like these couples always break up to these couples don't, like most couples break up which is why we're all out here dating. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people break up. There are many different reasons for it. I'm not necessarily going to say it's because they post on social media a lot. But this is a trend that you're noticing. I think it's probably a lot of people trying to convince themselves trying to get excited about their relationship. I remember when I was in one particularly bad relationship, this was before social media was like a really big thing, but I would journal about it a lot. And in the journaling, I would try and convince myself that it was a good relationship. I would make myself write lists about the things I loved about him, the things I was grateful for. Every time I had a moment where I was like, yes, I do love him. This is worth it. I would write it down for myself. And obviously, I was just trying to convince myself. So, sometimes what these couples are doing too, and You know, not to be too jaded, but I do experience that a lot of people are more eager and urgent about wanting to get into a relationship because they want to be able to post about it on social media because they see all their friends doing it and they're like, I want to be part of that club. That's how you prove that you're doing well in life. That's how you prove you're desirable. That's how you prove you're successful and people want you is you're in a relationship and you talk about it all the time. So some people I think when they're in a relationship they're not necessarily happy with are like, okay, well, at least let me get the good part out of it, which is be able to tell the world that I'm happy. And also in the process, maybe I'll convince myself and remind myself that I'm happy and why I love this person. And I know some people will be fighting and stop in the middle of a fight to take a smiling happy picture and post on Instagram how much they love their significant other. So my main response to this question is like, this is exactly why... As much as you can, you should stay away from allowing those images to make you feel like you are less than, or you need to rush to not be single, or you need to rush to be in a relationship, or you need to compare your relationship to everyone else's. I do think it's important that significant others be willing to acknowledge each other on Instagram. It's weird if they never, ever, ever mention you. And I think, you know, at significant moments, I certainly post about my significant other. I'm sure it gets annoying. But when we go to a nice party and we look good, yeah, I'm going to post a picture of it because I'm like, I look good. Oh, yeah. And he's here too. Um, No, I love him. Kidding. But, you know, or he happens to be around a lot when I'm there, but I don't post a lot of like gushy, gushy, gushy because I'm like, that's for him. That's not for the rest of the world. Why do I need to announce my love for him to everybody else? Sure, it's a nice thing once in a while to acknowledge your partner, but I think this is just a way of saying. Don't get caught up in comparing yourself. If you find yourself comparing yourself a lot on social media, take a break. Remind yourself a picture is one moment. It is not the full story. It is not everything that's going on. And when you are in a relationship, try and remind yourself of that too and say, I'm going to spend more time and energy building my intimacy and my bond with this person than I am going to broadcasting it to the rest of the world, especially because if you spend a lot of time broadcasting it to the rest of the world and then it doesn't work out, you're going to have an awkward time of either taking those pictures down or explaining to the world what happened. When I was like, where's your cute boyfriend? I've seen this happen where someone will all of a sudden get into a relationship, post every single day about their boyfriend, their boyfriend, their boyfriend, then all of a sudden everything disappears. And we all know what happened. And I'm not saying it's because you did that, but you know, some of these things are meant to be, relationships are intimate, they're private, they're, Beautiful because they're shared between two people, not because they're broadcast to the world. You don't have to turn yourself into a celebrity relationship. We all know how those go. So, you know, cherish the special moments, share when you really feel inspired to. But for those not in a relationship, take everything you see with a grain of salt. And for those in a relationship, remember where to really put your focus and energy. And if the relationship isn't going well, be honest with yourself and be willing do not have a boyfriend on social media if it means you will be happier in your real life. Hello, welcome. I am here. I am so excited. I am doing a new fun thing where sometimes I have people on that need coaching and sometimes I have people on who can do coaching because they are experts in their own field and they are killing it. They're doing amazing. And sometimes I have people who are amazing, badass female entrepreneurs who started their own company, which is super exciting. So that's the option I have with me here today. Her name is Frances Tang. She is the founder of the amazing new company, Come and Gone. It is an after sex cleanup sponge. This is amazing. Um, Frances, thank you so much for joining me via Zoom. We are wearing matching glasses. We both have big hair and we feel great about it. Hi, Frances. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm super excited to be here. Um, Dating is quite an interesting subject to talk about. Yes. So I'm excited to get going.
0: Well, we're going to talk about your amazing startup and all of the benefits for people who have sex, which is hopefully all of my listeners. Um, But... First, let's talk about you a little bit. I want to get some, like, background. I did a little stalking, so I have, like, limited information. But right before we started, I was like, are you cool talking about your personal life? And you were like, yes, because... Because I just got married. Woohoo! Congratulations. I just got engaged, so... Congratulations! Thank you! So, we're getting married in September, so I'm definitely going to want to pick your brain about all the do's and don'ts. How was the marriage process for you? The wedding process, I should say, since you're now in the marriage process.
1: Uh, yeah, I am now a married person, um, which is cool for taxes, exactly. great, um, and healthcare benefits. Yes, but um,
0: I one of my jobs is as a wedding photographer. I've had I a saw lot of that I was like, "Damn, girl, you do everything."
1: I've had a lot of jobs, so getting married myself was a little different than usual, probably, because I've been in the wedding industry for a while. But we can totally talk about that. And I'm happy to share some best practices because getting married is a lot of you don't know what you don't know until the wedding day. And then it's like kind of too late.
0: (laughs) Totally. I have a friend who's a wedding photographer and she's like, she's getting married now too. And she's like, just been to so many weddings. Like, I don't care. I don't want all that wedding stuff. And I'm like, I'm right there with you. Like, can we just elope please? But for some reason we're not. Um, Can't figure out why. Uh, But I want to talk a little, you volunteered some information, which is you met your now husband on Tinder? I met him on Bumble. Bumble. Oh, my gosh. Can you talk about it? Can you, like, walk us through your whole journey as a single person, uh, like, meeting him, basically?
1: Yeah, I am a super fan of Bumble. Um, I think it's an amazing platform, first of all. I was not paid for this endorsement, but just out of (laughs) all the online dating platforms, I felt like the men on that platform were either – they're, they were very secure because they are comfortable with letting a woman send them a message first. Yes. Either that or they're like super lazy and they just like didn't want to take the time to send a message. Sure. But I felt like that the people I met on Bumble were just a little bit more secure and sure of themselves than on the other platforms. But Interesting. I, I like that. Yeah, but I have been on every platform that probably exists. i hear hinge is very popular nowadays um but i wasn't hinge wasn't popular when i was online dating
0: yeah same i wasn't as much into the hinge and i think the few times i tried i was like this is confusing i don't get it there's too many ways to interact and i like to keep things simple so i was a bumble fan as well i was a big bumble head um What, how long were you like single? How long were you on the apps? And then, like, tell us about the interaction with your now husband. I just love to hear these success stories, they make me so happy.
1: Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. I have probably tried every dating app since I graduated from college. Um, and can I ask
0: how old you are? Is that allowed?
1: Yeah. No, totally. I'm 31. Good. You look yeah. about 18. So oh, good thank work. You.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's because I'm Asian. Um, <laughs> um, so I've tried every dating app since I've been out of college and I've had some pretty serious relationships out of them. And I think online dating is such a great way to just meet people that you otherwise would never meet totally. in person, like within your own social circle. And it's almost like just as good as meeting someone in public or at a bar in real life, but you have like a preliminary filter, which is their profile to kind of see if you have those major things in common. So my tactics for online dating was, um, was to give them my phone number, telling them I wanted to get off the app as quickly as possible. And then to meet in person as quickly as possible, because I don't I understand that there is kind of a fear of meeting people online, meeting strangers, but I think as long as you are safe and strategic about it, meeting them in person is the only way you're really going to know if you click or if you're going to have a good time or if your personalities mesh. So I would always just say like, hey, here's my number. And then we would text for a little bit and then I'd say, hey, why don't we go grab coffee or do something? Because it's I mean, efficiency, you know,
0: you are literally preaching my gospel, which is like across the board to get off the app, get to the drink. I think some people are like a little bit some people I say, like, you don't have to do the phone number thing if you just don't want all these random people texting you. I never minded because it was like a fun game for me. But for some people, I'm like, whatever it is, just get to the drink. I don't care if you have to ask because, of course some women too will be like, well, I don't want to be the one. Why don't they ask? I'm like, because they haven't met you yet. So they don't know to be obsessed with you yet. Like they have to meet you in person, feel the chemistry, know that you're real because for all they know, you're a bot in order for them to be excited about the situation. They can't be excited about the situation if they haven't confirmed that you're a human being yet.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I understand men wanting to wait into it carefully and not scare sure. off whoever they're texting and that's completely understandable you do hear about all those horror stories but if anything just this is a weird piece of advice but i think getting them on the phone is actually the next best thing because I love that. I found that whatever my gut feeling was when I was talking to them on the phone, it was exactly the same in person. So if I was talking to someone on the phone and I was like, I don't don't know about this, and then I met them in person, it was the same thing. And so, I mean, that's kind of an even more efficient way to just see if you gel and if you match.
0: I love the phone idea. I have. Friends who swear by the FaceTime even because they're like, then I really get a feel for their energy. But I think even phone, like if you are someone who's a little more like guarding of your time, I never was. I was like, I'm going to book three dates a night, every night. I don't need time for anything else. But some people are like, I don't want to like go get dressed up and get excited and then walk into the date and immediately be disappointed. So I get that. Although I think even in those situations, you need to stay open. But I think then the call is a great way to save time. So is that what you did with your now husband? Did you guys do a phone call first? Like walk us through. Also, what's your go-to? What was your go-to opening opener line on Bumble?
1: Okay. I'm kind of embarrassed about the one with my husband, but it was okay. definitely pizza emojis. Um and I sometimes men don't appreciate the lack of thought put into sending emojis first. Um, but it was pizza emojis and our first date was pizza. So it was you got yeah. what you wanted. Yeah. Um, but we got off. We got off Bumble pretty quickly into text. And then our first date, we had
0: pizza. Did you do the phone call? With no, we didn't. No? The okay. You didn't feel the need. Like, you were just like, whatever. It's pizza. I'm gonna win either way.
1: Yeah, we just went for it, and so we had, we went to like three different locations. We had pizza, and then drinks, and then more drinks, and um, it went really well. And then, in retrospect, did you I, on
0: the first date? Did you make out? We we didn't. Oh wow! Is this guy? Well, I I don't know. It's
1: I guess it's kind of depends on who you're going out on a date with. But I feel like the ones that like want to kiss you on the first date, those are the ones that you don't want them to kiss you. Interesting.
0: I always wanted to kiss everyone on the first date. So (laughs) it's like, I need this information. I need to know what it's like in there. I don't know. You know, that
1: is a good thing to know.
0: Some people aren't as into it. I get it. Second or third date is fine. But I say by the third date, there should be making out happening for sure. Otherwise, why are we going on these dates? Like that was my only motivation.
1: That's true. I feel like because I'm tall, tall. I'm like intimidating. And Mm -hmm. so they don't know if I like them or not.
0: That's probably true. You probably do intimidate people. Me, I'm like a little redheaded elf. So people are not very intimidated by me. (laughs) But wait, question. Okay, backing it up a little bit. When you walked into the date the first time with your now husband, were you into it right away or were you kind of like mm, not really my type or like what was your like initial thought upon meeting him did it flow right away was it nervous like was it awkward
1: no it was great I mean I'm kind of like a hyper social person and yeah so that's good and bad <laughs> sometimes um but it was it flowed really well he looked like his photos which was great great um presumably I look like my photos which is why he didn't <laughs> run away or You're great
0: it's always good if people look like their photos and I'm actually since you are a photographer I was going to pick your brain about photo tips later so we'll we'll circle back to that cuz I think that'll be good for people to hear like what works what doesn't you know how to get a good photo that looks like you. But anyways, right now. OK, so he looked like his. Wait, question about you being a tall girl, because I actually talked to a lot of tall girls who are like have problems because they won't date men who are shorter than them. And I'm always like, who cares if his personality is big enough to handle you? Who cares? Is your husband taller than you?
1: He is taller than me. I have dated men who are the same height as mm-hmm. me. Mm hmm. Um, and it's been okay. It's not my preference because I feel like I can eat them. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know if you have heard that from other tall
0: <gasps> That's so funny.
1: But I just feel like I'm a bigger person than they are. Wow. Even though we're like the same height or they might be a couple inches taller than me. I don't know. I think it's a tall person issue.
0: So when you were, it is a tall person and I cannot be empathetic because I'm five two on a good day. Um, But I, you know, I also know tall women who have dated shorter men and it's like so hot. And it's like the guy has to be so confident in order for the woman to not feel like she's going to eat him. Um, but when you would be like swiping, would you kind of, did you have a filter for that? Were you like six foot and above only? I don't think they have that. Do they have that now? I don't know if they have that actually, but in your mind, did you have like a mind filter?
1: I think so. It's something that I am cognizant of, um. I guess I just, I'm not confident enough to date someone who's well below my height.
0: Or you haven't found the guy who's confident enough to be like, you can't eat me. I can eat you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) I think that's what, I mean, it's all about the swagger at the end of the day. Like I get that it's a real physical thing to not want to feel bigger than your partner, but I do think there are hacks for that. There's a lot of sitting down That's that can funny. happen, lying down that can happen. But I'm glad you found your, you got lucky, you found your your tall man. But also, yeah. it sounds like you were kind of going into the whole dating experience very like open-minded, positive, having fun, sending pizza emojis, like lighthearted about it, not this kind of like, God, I hate this energy, which I try and steer people away from.
1: Yeah, because then I think you kind of will attract that
0: and totally. you never
1: know what's going to happen. I mean, right. Could end up being friends. It could. Exactly.
0: Be business. Who knows? Yes, we agree. Okay. So you went on the date. You were into it right away. You were like, yes, he looks like his pictures. Yes, he's taller than me. Yes, I love pizza. Yes, we didn't make out for some reason. And then was the next date like immediate? Like how was the communication? What happened?
1: So we, okay, let me think. I think the next date we went on, he was like kind of had a cold, Mm -hmm. but I totally let him kiss me anyways, which means I really liked him. (laughs) And I believe on that date, I agreed to go to Mexico with him. I did
0: that on my first date. What? Yes. My now fiance was like, somehow New Year's came up and he was like, oh, I'm going to Mexico with some people. Do you want to come and now he doesn't know why he asked me on our first date and I don't know why I was like sure it was our first date and then in my mind I was like definitely not going to go to Mexico with this person but I did anyway (laughs) so on your second date he asked you to go to Mexico talk about it
1: I'm pretty sure he mentioned it on our first date and then like second and third date it was kind of like do you want to come with me and I was like yeah and i remember all my friends telling me like okay is this guy going to kill you like mm-hmm. memorize my phone number where are you staying what is your flight information what was
0: the occasion for the mexico
1: he just had planned to go with two of his other friends and they were dating. So he was like third wheeling anyways. Oh, And so yes. He just asked me to go. And my parents had no idea that I went to Mexico with this guy from the internet until Dangerous. my wedding
0: day <gasps> during
1: my vow. was like, oh when we went to Mexico, sorry, mom
0: and dad. Like- oh my God. Wait, so how long into seeing each other was this Mexico trip? Gosh,
1: it was probably only like a month or two. So my parents totally thought I went to Mexico with my friends. I definitely trusted this guy. But also in retrospect, I learned that we had a couple, you know how there's like the six degrees of separation. Mm -hmm. He had lived with someone that I knew from work and my roommate knew one of his friends. So there was like a lot of connections there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Southern California is not that big. Yeah, exactly.
0: That was very bold and brave of you. At that point, were you like, were boyfriend girlfriend or were you not there yet? Like, how long did that take? Did you ever have a conversation about it? Like, what was the whole determine the relationship?
1: He asked me to be his girlfriend on the beach in Mexico Mm. at night, like in the evening. We were just on the beach doing something um, and it was like totally empty and he asked me to be his girlfriend and this actually ties in to the proposal, which is a few years later.
0: It's oh, 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 so cute. I love it. So it was never, there was, it sounds like there was never in that first month, any kind of doubt. Like I'm assuming you saw each other pretty regularly and it just kind of was like easy, like jumped in and was just like easy and into it.
1: Yeah, it was easy. And I think if it's the right person, um, it should be easy. Exactly.
0: Should- yes.
1: Doubts or you shouldn't be like backwards rationalizing different behaviors or different things and like, oh, well, I, you know, I have to accept flaws or like not in the beginning. No, right. No.
0: In the beginning, it should be very easy when two people are on the same page about how they feel about each other. It just moves Quickly and easily, and there's no like, well, he did this thing that was kind of fucked up, or like, well, he's kind of not called me for four weeks, but uh, he's busy with work. Like, no, if they're into you, they make time. They figure it out.
1: Yeah, right. If you have those questions or you're wondering about those things, I think it's just not the right fit. It doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It's just not the right fit for you.
0: Yeah, totally. It's it's two people have to be on the exact same place and time in their life to match up at the right time and yeah it doesn't make them a bad person if they're just not at the same place you're at but you need to move on quickly and easily
1: yeah it's an efficiency it's a totally a numbers game
0: yeah exactly thank you jesus thank you i'm not paying you to say all the things that i (laughs) normally say it's totally a numbers game um how long were you single before like how long were you dating on the apps at this time
1: I had a few serious boyfriends like through the apps because I'm not from Orange County. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't have like a network of people or like high school friends or even college friends to like pick from or to Mm -hmm. date or to like date their friends. So online was pretty much my dating life. I was probably single for maybe a little less than a year before Mm -hmm. I met my husband.
0: And what made him different than the other single relationships or serious relationships that you had been on up until this point.
1: I think we're like the same kind of weird person. Mm-hmm.
0: It's very important. That you've <laughs> I think it's very important. Like you. Yes, yes. To be the
1: same kind of weird. And I really liked that he had just hobbies and other interests and things that he liked to do. Um, I feel like where I am, which is next to Newport beach, there's a lot of people that work in finance and like to go out and drink and eat, which I like those things too. But I like, like a little bit more than that, like activities and hobbies and other interests and passions. And he had those on top of being like the same kind of weird person as me.
0: That's amazing. And did you guys move in together at some point or did you wait until you got married? We did. We moved
1: in together pretty quickly. I think it was like, Within a year or so. And it it worked out really well. We were cramped in this, I moved into his one bedroom apartment on like a second floor and we made it work. And I uh, will always forever be an advocate of moving in together before getting married. Because you just you just don't know, especially if you're in close quarters and just different habits, personality quirks. It's completely different than spending a week together and not actually living together.
0: Totally. It's so different when you have a space you can go back to. Because I dated a guy for like two years. I basically lived with him, but I had my apartment. And so I could technically go back. And so it never really felt like we're here and we have to deal with each other. Like it felt like we were like playing house, but not living house. And yeah. then, and you know, I've lived with different people and some people are like, well, but if you move in together too quickly, couldn't it ruin things? And I'm like, if it's the right person, moving in together isn't going to ruin it. It's going to confirm what you already know. If it ruins it, then it wasn't the right person. And you just found that out a lot quicker because you moved in together.
1: Yeah, it's... It's a lot of work, but it's definitely worth it.
0: Yeah. Did you guys have any like rough moments or rough patches where you were like, I don't know about this or was it always kind of smooth sailing?
1: We actually didn't. We're both pretty easygoing. And I think because we're aligned there, even with our like cleaning habits, stuff like that, we're just like easygoing people that,
0: Mm
1: I don't know, care for other things. Yeah. (laughs) And so we're not the type of couple to fight that often, Mm -hmm. which I don't think you should be fighting that often. I don't either.
0: (laughs) I don't.
1: If it's the right person. Um, But I get that it can be hard because I have dated. I did date one person where we were constantly fighting and there was always a reason, right. That I was telling myself like, Oh, well, you know, it's my fault because I didn't do X, Y, Z, or I wasn't thinking about this or There's always a reason you can come up with to explain or rationalize what's happening to you that shouldn't be happening to you in the first place.
0: Totally. I think, I do think there are some people who thrive on drama and conflict and like maybe grew up in a high conflict environment or like, and there are people that they're okay living that way. But I think Mm -hmm. for the most part, the assumption that like a relationship, should have a lot of fighting or does have a lot of fighting or is a lot of conflict or a lot of times you're not going to enjoy it and it feels bad is wrong. And I I used to be in a re- lot of relationships like we'd regularly fight, some more than others, but most like at least, you know, once a month, every other month, big fight. And I frequently check in with myself in this relationship and I'm like, we don't, we just don't fight. Partially because when I try to, he just like won't engage with me. And he's just like, no. (laughs) And then I have to like calm down and be reasonable. But also, I just think when it's the right person, there's not a lot of conflict. There's not a lot of drama. And you should never be feeling all the time like it's your fault for certain things. Like a relationship takes two people. And if both people are being communicative, good, kind, honest people, it's no one's fault. Like you might have a disagreement, but you'll just talk through it. Right.
1: I think what would end up in a fight with someone else would just end up as a conversation with the right person. Right. Totally. And so it's, I guess it's not that like you never fight. It's just that. It's not
0: that level of toxic drama. How long before you guys got engaged? Oh my gosh.
1: Maybe two and a half years. Did you have
0: talks about it? Were you feeling pressured about it? Were you ever like, when is this happening? Or were you kind of like chill? You seem kind of chill.
1: Yeah, I was pretty chill. I was, I'm not that person who like has a wedding Pinterest board and was like, I want to get married. I need to get married because as a wedding photographer, I was going to weddings every week. And so I had my fair share and dose of weddings and couples and engagements. Um, but we had talked about it. I did have a friend who, Took me ring shopping, which I highly recommend trying on rings because it's like clothing—you don't know what's going to look good on your hand. You have absolutely no idea, sure, so whatever's sure. on your Pinterest board may not look good in real life. Just FYI to everybody. Um,
0: so was she just did- friend prompted by your husband, or I think so. Uh huh. She was yeah. like, "We're gonna go," and you were like, "Okay."
1: And it was kind of a frustrating experience for her because she's just like, oh, like, what do you what do you want? And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know anything about rings. She's like round cut, like so, like what? And I'm just like, I don't know. I've never tried on a ring in my life. And so she had to start from square one. And so the poor woman at the jewelry store had to kind of walk me through like every shape, every color. Oh my every <laughs> um,
0: but it was helpful. Yeah, totally. What'd you end up with? Let's see. I don't have it on my. You're hand. Not even wearing it. She's not even wearing it. That's how chill she home. is.
1: I'm not in public, so it's, it's okay. Fair. No, no,
0: no. It's fine. There's no judgment here with that. You take it off whenever you want. Um, I wear mine still because it's so new. You know, it's like. When did you get engaged? Couple months. October. So it's Can still feels. Can I ask you soon.
1: how he asked you?
0: He asked me in Huntington Gardens which we love as a place and it was in the bamboo forest and he's very shy he's like an introvert he's not into big displays so it was kind uh-huh. of a big deal for him Aww. and i didn't know what was happening it was our 2 year anniversary and he was like i want i have a surprise let's go walk around huntington gardens and i thought that was the surprise I was like oh it's like a nice saturday walk and then he was like, and, and I have reservations for dinner tonight. And then I thought that was the surprise. <laughs> and he had like his backpack and I could tell like something was weird, but I kept telling myself not to expect anything. So I was like, if you expect it and it doesn't happen, you're going to be mad. So just chill out. And I had like a funny moment before we left where he was in the shower for a really long time. And I was like, I wonder if he's like practicing. And then it, like, went on for a really long time. And I was like, is he okay? Like, is he practicing? Like, what's going on? And then I finally went to, like, check. And turns out he wasn't in the shower that whole time. It was our dishwasher making (laughs) his out. So I was, like, creating all these stories in my head about, like, what was going to happen. And then I was like, okay, you have to stop. You're putting too much pressure on the situation. You have to stop. You're going for a nice walk in Huntington Gardens. And it'll be nice. And it doesn't matter. And then we, like, got there. And he kept, like, stopping in random spots and going for his backpack, and I would be like, what's happening? And then he'd, like, pull out his water bottle, and I was like, never mind. Uh, cool. Because, <laughs> like, he really didn't want other people to be around, so every time he thought it was safe, then someone would, like, come around the corner. So finally, on, like, the third or fourth time he pulled out his water bottle, I was like, fuck it, this is not happening. It's fine. Like, get over it. It'll happen eventually. And then finally, we got to a quiet spot, and he, like, pulled it out. And I was like, and I think I blacked out. I just blacked out. I don't remember anything. And then a girl, like, he got down on his knee, asked me real quick, stood up. And then, like, this girl came around the corner and she was like, congratulations. And I was like, "Ah." but I felt bad that she kind of walked into the moment. (laughs) But it was very sweet. It was so sweet. And I knew, like, what a big deal it was for him to put himself out there like that.
1: Oh, that's interesting that your fiance is an introvert because so is my husband.
0: Mm hmm. I think it goes well with us because I'm like, we get all the attention then. I have to be the center of attention. And he's quiet over there.
1: You need balance. I I think it's a a good balance for sure.
0: You got it. Like if we were both, I've dated extroverts because for a while I was like, I need someone who can keep up with me. Like we love to say that, you know, like keep up with me and don't be boring and blah, blah, blah. And not that he's boring, but someone who could keep up with me is freaking exhausting. And also like not that good of a person in a quiet intimate relationship. Like they were great out in the world, very social, but then we'd get back. There wasn't much there. You know what I mean? Whereas like dating an introvert, I'm like, yeah, when we go to parties, he doesn't talk all that much unless he knows the people. But at home, we have the best, most loving relationship. And it's just like very honest.
1: Yeah, it's a really good balance. I think you do need that balance or else it's just like two crazy people trying to date each other yeah
0: no thank you and that's also where like a lot of that drama can come in I think whenever I've tried to date an extrovert there's also a lot of like that's when there's fighting and there's egos and in our relationship it's just like I get to be the center of the world (laughs) I'm the emotional dramatic one and he's like calm and chill it's great (laughs) I'm sure he loves it so great (laughs) But um, how was your proposal? Do you want to talk about it?
1: Yeah. No, totally. Um, So it's interesting because my husband is introverted too. So it was kind of a a more intimate proposal as well. So we had a series of three different trips planned. We went to Hong Kong and then New York and then Costa Rica. And so... Every trip, my friends were like, oh my God, he's going to ask you. And I'm like, I I don't know. Like, would he really do it on a trip? Like, isn't that kind of basic? And so we go to Hong Kong and there's nothing. We go to New York and it's like New Year's and there's like nothing. And then we have Costa Rica planned. And so two weeks before we fly out to Costa Rica, a friend takes me to get my nails done. But I'm like two weeks is like a weird time, like two weeks before the trip, because I'm like, they're going to grow. Like this is super weird. Um, and so I get my nails done like two weeks before we leave for Costa Rica. We go to Costa Rica and we're like doing zip lining and like snorkeling and surf lessons and all this active stuff. And I it kind of just like falls away from my mind. I'm kind of, I'm exactly the same as you. I was like, well, if I anticipate it, then I'm going to be disappointed. So whatever. And I think like part of me deep down was like, yeah, like that would be cool, but I don't know if it's going to happen. And right. so the last the second to last night of our trip, my nails were like getting long and they were like, but they were nice and painted, but they were getting long and we were gonna go surfing the next morning. So I cut my nails off. Because <laughs> I like wanted to be able to like <laughs> surf and move. And I was like, you know what? I don't think he's gonna do it. So I like cut my nails. And then the next morning I woke up and I was on Instagram. And I saw that my ex right before my husband, he had proposed, <gasps> To his girlfriend oh my God. And was on Instagram. <gasps> and I was like, wouldn't it be so weird if Ryan proposed today? Um, so you know where this is going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I like shut down Instagram. We like, go do like a little surf lesson. And we had talked about wanting to like see the sunset before we left and it was our last night in Costa Rica and so we were kind of timing it and I was like oh yeah sunset will be at whatever 445 so maybe we should go at 4 and we're like okay great and so we shower we get ready to we're gonna walk like see sunset and then go to dinner because it's our last night in the country and so we're walking down the beach and he has this like really weird look on his face <laughs> and then we suddenly stop I don't we're talking about something that was completely unrelated to everything in our life and then he like gets down on one knee and I'm I mean I think most girls probably black out when they're being proposed yes. to. It's, like so fast so emotional I had absolutely no idea and it turns out he had actually hired a photographer to like capture <gasps> the proposal because he knew that I was the photographer and that's something that I would probably want and that like most pe- people would want. He's has great foresight. Um and so he proposed and he's like, Are you gonna say something? The photographer's right there and I was like, There's a photographer. <laughs> and then we ended up doing, like, this little, like, photo shoot, which he thought – he thought an engagement session was the photo shoot you do
0: after you get proposed to. That would – that's it. That would make sense. That makes sense. Yeah,
1: I think, like, logically that makes sense. Um, and so we did, like, this little photo shoot, and then we went to dinner. And, um, yeah, but I guess I just – I hadn't – I did not think he was going to propose on the beach because I was like, is he going to be basic – And propose on the beach, (laughs) like really? Yes, (laughs) but it was the last day of our trip, and so, like, I was like, "Why didn't you do it at the beginning of the trip? Like, you were carrying this ring around the entire time." Yeah, how
0: nerve wracking! Like like,
1: in a sock in the safe, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh my (laughs) gosh! Like we went to like three different locations, and he's like, "Yeah, I like really wanted to actually propose." like during zip lining and I wanted to like zip line first and then like be on the other end with my knee down with like the ring box open as you're coming in on <gasps> the line. But he's like, I feel like you wouldn't want that because you'd be wearing like the helmet and the harness. Yeah. And you always talk about how girls get proposed to on hikes and they're like sweaty uh. and they're wearing workout clothes. And so, um, I'm glad he didn't go that route, but it is a nice, it is kind of a funny idea. <laughs>
0: It is. I mean, Matt also had all these things he thought about doing. He's like, I was going to get a hotel room, but then I thought it'd be weird to propose in a hotel room. And he's like, and I was going to wait until, because we were going to New York for New Year's. And he was like, I was going to wait until then, but I didn't want to travel with it because I was nervous. And then he also knew, I think he knew because we had a bunch of trips on holidays coming up. And he was like, I knew if I didn't do it before, then like you would have been anxious the whole that whole time. Mm-hmm. And he's probably right. I probably would have been like, it's my birthday. Where is it? It's Christmas. Where is it? It's New Year's. Where is it? And so he's like, I just thought I'd get it out of the way so you could relax. Oh, <laughs> that's awful. Did you guys, had you guys like talked about marriage stuff before? Like this wasn't a total surprise. Like you had been like, yes, we want to get married.
1: Yeah. We didn't talk about it in depth, in depth, but it was like where we were going. I mean, mm-hmm. we were living together. Mm-hmm. It was great. I was pretty certain it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that we did do, which I would recommend to everyone is we did premarital counseling Yeah. Um, before we actually did the ceremony and got married. And we went to a therapist who does premarital counseling. So it was like just us two and the therapist. And I mean, it was amazing. We both are kind of very aligned on our values and what we want for our future, but I would recommend it to everyone. It's just such a great way to get everything on the table and be
0: sure that you're on the same page before you go into this forever contract. Totally. What, what kind of stuff did you guys, what do you talk about in there?
1: I mean, you talk about like kids how you fight, what you want for your future. You talk about finances, you talk about family and in-laws and where you're going to live. Just, I think all the major things that tend to cause issues totally for people after they get married.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people, they don't want to talk about those things because they're worried that they won't align. And they're just like, we'll deal with it later. We'll deal with that when it comes. And I think I actually, um, I'm doing an episode, or I did an episode, I think it's coming out next week with my wedding planner where he talks about the things, the major things he sees in couples because he works very closely with them throughout the process and like he'll see them, you know, fighting and what is the major problem and it's like communication and I just firmly believe any issue is better talked about than not talked about because it eventually will come up and not talking about it does not make it go away and I do think people sometimes are so excited And this isn't just about marriage either. Like this is, because I work with a lot of people who are like, when are we going to get to the boyfriend-girlfriend? When are we going to get to the relationship? And it's like these benchmarks become more important than building the foundation along the way to getting there. And it's like if you rush to the boyfriend-girlfriend without talking about like, do you both want marriage? Do you both want kids? Do you see yourself like just basic things before you decide to even a simple commitment, like we're boyfriend, girlfriend, those kind of things, you probably want to make sure you're at least comfortable communicating about them, even if you don't have answers or certainty yet. But at least talking about those issues is going to save you, I think, a lot of heartache and surprise later. I was just talking to someone who when she married her husband she didn't know that he had like several hundred grand in student debt until they were oh my married goodness. and it's like that's crazy like if you really think this person won't love you anymore if you tell them the truth then you probably shouldn't be marrying them like you have to be able to feel like you can put everything on the table and they're still going to love you and if they're not you probably should find out before you get married
1: right it's it's crazy the things that people don't talk about but i also think it's important to know what your own deal breakers are, because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the times people will kind of bend on their deal breakers for another person. And then it just comes back to bite them when they realize, oh gosh, he really, really doesn't want kids. Like I yeah. can't change that. And exactly. then you spend all that time.
0: Right. I mean, I think obviously you have to assume that this person that you're considering being in a relationship with while some external things may change like their style or Mm -hmm. that kind of like the main character things including do they clean up after themselves aren't really going to change this is what I've learned Um, and you just kind of learn a way to deal with it and you make an agreement but like it's talking about it it's bringing it to light that can make it workable and if you just kind of like I'm just going to assume that's going to change with time it's going to get better like it's not it's not people are who they are. Yeah,
1: I think like 99% of issues can be solved via communication. It Mm -hmm. just might be super awkward, but it's definitely worth it.
0: Yeah. Did you guys fight at all during the wedding planning process? Because when we got engaged, everyone was like, you guys are going to fight. Like, you're going to fight. Just be prepared. You're going to fight. And we've had like moments of like, well, I want this. Okay, well, I don't really want that. Okay. But we have not so far fought. Did you guys? I hear we that.
1: didn't fight that much. It was definitely high stress though. Mm-hmm, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: at a certain point I was like, can I just pay someone to yes. do everything? We had a planner and mm-hmm. she was amazing, but like, you still have to. there's still things you things. have to yes. do that like she could not do. And so it was, it's, it's high stress. And it makes sense that people fight during wedding planning. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of pressure and it's everyone in your life that's important to you. Yeah. And place.
0: And you're basically producing a show together that also has like very high emotional stakes and food. Like, it's a lot. And I also I used to think it was like stupid to do. But now I'm as much as I would love to elope. I'm also like, it probably is important to building that future together because it's some people do break up in the engagement process and the planning process, and it's like because these things come to light when you have to work on a big, important project with another person.
1: Yeah, especially the amount of money it costs. Like the just, it's the sheer cost of a wedding. I think that kind of puts it into perspective as you're planning. Um, but we had a pretty unconventional wedding thanks to my time in the wedding industry and mm-hmm. Ryan being a pretty easygoing person and mm-hmm. just agreeing that he didn't want all the extra stuff. And so um, even though we cut out, we cut out a lot of the traditional things like wedding party and first dances and a lot of the things that I think make the day fly by. But even though we cut those things out, it was like an incredibly
0: detailed, stressful process. Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. We're trying to, I'm trying to come at it from like, I'm 36 years old. I don't need the storybook wedding. I don't need all these little, like, I just want to have a fun party with food and dancing. And, of course, it's still going to be very stressful. But I'm trying to take out the things that I feel like we're doing just because we feel like we should or we're supposed to.
1: Yeah, I feel like for weddings, I mean, Pinterest has has made this really hard. Mm, But for weddings, you should really do whatever you want. Like, if you want to do that, then you should just do that thing or hire that person. Like it doesn't like, why does it matter? There's no right way to do a wedding other than like the legal paperwork.
0: There totally. isn't, That's the only part you have to do.
1: Yeah. And I think it like a lot of that gets lost in all these beautiful Pinterest photos or like wanting to have your wedding published. Um, but if you like want to do a thing, you should do a thing. Like we had like a talent show at our wedding.
0: Oh, and I love that.
1: It was super fun. Like That's our so fun. Yeah, our wedding was pretty weird, um, but we had the best time because we literally did just whatever we wanted.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, Let's talk about your business. I'm ready. Yeah. Let's get into it. Go for it.
1: I guess the the test of my relationship and Mm -hmm. wedding planning was that my business started taking off when we started getting closer to our wedding. So, so when it rains, it pours.
0: Totally. Um, do you think there was any correlation there? Like, did it, was it because you weren't as focused on it that it kind of relaxed you? Or do you think it was just a coincidence that that's kind of how things happen? No,
1: it was just a coincidence. Um And it was thanks to the press. But mm. um, I guess I should introduce my business. Go so, for it. <laughs> my business is called Come and Gone, and it's an after-sex cleanup tool. Um it. it was by a very, very personal problem. I have been on birth control for a very long time and I've been with Ryan for many years and just cleaning up after sex was just like a terrible process that i i didn't like it was like i'm you're cold you're running to the bathroom you're like rolling out of the bed so it doesn't drip down your leg you're sitting <laughs> on the toilet like it got to the point where i was like jumping in the shower and like using my finger to like dig everything out
0: every
1: time because for me for whatever reason it would like stay up in there and then like overnight it would like leak leak out yeah and the next day I'd be like sitting at my desk and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, like it would feel like I got my period, but it wasn't my period. It was (laughs) so so every time I would do that, I would just be like, why? Like, this is an internal problem. Like I can wipe the outside with like tissues and toilet paper and like towels as much as they want. But this is like inside of me. It's, it's a, it's, not hard to figure that out and so I invented a (laughs) a medical
0: grade sterile sponge that absorbs everything from the inside and um and it gets far enough up in there because I was looking at it and I was like does it get all it really gets everything
1: yeah it's like the length of a tampon
0: Mm. so it goes all the the way way out
1: won't go any further in right right
0: right so it goes up soaks up what it needs to soak up and then you pull it out
1: yeah, and I, I mean, it's something that I had been thinking on for years. I just never really told anyone because it's its weird. It's super weird. And it's very
0: specific. Yeah. But, but I can relate. It's very specific. Question, few questions. One, so you throw it out after one use, right? Correct. So you get like a pack of 10 and then you use yes. them. Great. Um, you know, because I'm very vigilant about peeing after sex mm-hmm. because – I don't want to get a UTI. I used to be very prone to them. So I'm like, jump up and pee, girl. Do you do this in place of that? Or do you go pee, but you still need Because usually when I pee, that's when all everything else comes out. But I guess with the specific bodies, it doesn't work that way.
1: Right. You still have to pee. And we tell all of our customers, like, don't forget to pee after sex to avoid UTIs. Like, right. our UTI feels like the devil is trying to rip out it's your, your the worst. Worst. The worst thing. Um, And so you do still have to pee to make sure you don't get a UTI. This is just to like get rid of all the excess fluids that are inside the
0: vaginal canal. Interesting. And so how has the response been from people?
1: It's been amazing, which I'm very surprised. (laughs) I, so this, we accidentally launched in October. Um, What happened was a writer from the Huffington Post UK got a hold of our website
0: or whatever. That's October like four, three months ago? Yeah. Oh my gosh, wow. Pretty recently. And so
1: our wedding was in November. So at the beginning of October, a this Huffington Post writer got a hold of what we were doing. And at that time, like the website was new. We were only selling 10 for $10, only shipping within the U S nothing crazy. I was just like, I just need to see if people want this product. Will they buy it? Are women open to talking about this now? Are they cool with my marketing, which is like pretty quirky and direct and weird and funny. But I think that's the only way to like talk about calm in your vagina, Mm -hmm. weird, funny thing. And so There was this Huffington Post article, and within the span of two days, there was 30 different articles on, like, different platforms, like New York Post, Huffington Post, Cosmopolitan, just all over the internet. And... I was getting like flooded and bombarded with like emails and orders and traffic and people from all over the world. They're like, why don't you ship to the UK? We have sex here too. Or like, why don't you ship to Australia? And I was like, cause I didn't know (laughs) that so many people in the world like also had this issue and would understand it. And so it was truly like a scene out of like Silicon Valley startup, whatever culture where I had to like have all my friends come over. We're like, I'm like paying them in pizza. We're packing boxes. We're shipping things out. I'm like taking mass amounts of boxes to the post office and the post office is like, what is going on? (laughs)
0: Um, Like just an after sex cleanup sponge. No big deal.
1: And that's kind of how we got like our, our start. That was the big push that got it going. Um, And then I got married a month later. So I'm like knee deep in like orders and press and boxes and like, just emails and our wedding is in a month and I'm like, can the coordinator do more stuff? But like, she doesn't know my family. She can't like do the seating arrangements. And so um, it was, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely pouring at that time, but it was, it was amazing. And the response has been incredible. I mean, just this first version, the really kind, like direct messages that I get the emails, just different people talking about different use cases. Um, there's women who tell me like they get too wet. So they're using it before and during Interesting,
0: sex, And
1: it's making sex like more enjoyable for them, which is fascinating. Something that I hadn't thought of or women who are like, I have had a hysterectomy and sex is like super messy. And this has been so helpful. And I'm like, wow, I had no idea. Wow. So it's. I feel like you just, you don't know what's going to happen until you, do the
0: thing. Yeah. You just have to start it because you believe in it for yourself and it's a product you would buy that you would want. And then hopefully it appeals to more people, which it always does. Like with sex, you're never alone. If you have an issue, guaranteed someone else in this world has that issue. Now, let me ask you this, because I was thinking about this. How, because I feel like this is a good question for my listeners, which is, how did you, because it seems like you're very comfortable talking about sex. I assume you're comfortable like talking about sex with your husband and like talking about what you need and speaking up for yourself and just being like not weird and awkward about it. And for some reason, I do feel like for all the progress we've made, people still have a hard time speaking up and having open, frank conversations about sex and what they need. How would you recommend someone who's not as comfortable start talking to their partner or partners about sexual issues or sexual wants that they have?
1: I, when I first started talking about what I was doing and the product itself, I kind of pitched it like you would pitch anything like, oh, do you ever experience this? Or have you ever gone through this? And it went over horribly, like people were offended. They were like, I don't have this problem. Like they felt like I was accusing them of having an issue. And so I learned to talk about it from just a personal point of view. And it's not that I want to make this business about myself. It's just, I found that when I say like, Hey, like I really don't like this and it sucks. And so I made this thing and that's it. Um, it resonates with people a lot more because mm. I think a lot of the supporters are like the silent supporters. They're kind of like the silent nodders. They're like, oh, yeah, like I go through that, too. They're more hesitant to talk about it, but they're kind of like, like when someone else is talking about their something that they recognize they just kind of like nod and they're like, I'm going to try that instead of having to shout it from the rooftops because yeah. you don't always have to shout it from the rooftops. But I think if you are someone who's a little bit more hesitant to talk about these things, the, I mean, it's just open and honest communication, right. Which is kind of the answer to everything, to like everything, about, totally like all issues. And just knowing that, your partner is not going to judge you at all. And I know it's scary. I know it's awkward. There's some things that even I've like told my husband or asked him that I feel kind of weird about, but you just feel so much better after you say something and the right partner is going to want to understand and help you and might even share something that they've been nervous to tell you about. But once you open up first, like things are okay. And I think Just this business has kind of taught me that, like, yeah, I'm opening up first. I'm talking about my sex life and, like, Mm -hmm. sitting on the toilet with cum in my vagina to the entire internet and the Mm -hmm. entire world. But no one is like, oh, that girl's so gross. Like, she has cum in her vagina. They're just like, oh, I have cum in my vagina, too.
0: (laughs) Hopefully we all do, Um, if that's how you like to relate sexually. Um, I love what you said, though, because I think – Even your example of how you had to shift how you were selling it speaks to me in terms of how to communicate with a partner if there's something you want from them. It's like rather than saying, you do this and you do that, and do you feel like this? You say, this is my experience. This is what I'm going through. Here's what I'm feeling. And then that allows them to come to you and say, and, and not feel like attacked, like the people were like, no, that's not me. Like, don't accuse me of having come in my vagina. But when you were like, okay, well, I do. They were like, oh, well, actually, I do too. Right. So if you're telling your partner, you know, like, um, I have a client right now, this is going to seem totally unrelated, but I'm going to bring it back around. Um, I have a client right now who was concerned about the texting dynamic with the girl he's seeing. He doesn't know if he's texting enough for her. He feels sometimes like maybe she wants more from him. She is the last texter in every situation. So he's always like, does that mean she's needy? Like, does she need more from me? Like, And I was talking to him about how he could talk to her about this. And his instinct was to kind of go to her and be like, I noticed you're always the last texter. And I'm wondering if you need more from me in terms of texting. And I said, Instead, why don't you approach it with, how are you feeling about our texting? Like checking in in terms of like, I feel great about it, but I want to know how you feel instead of jumping to the assumption of how someone else feels and what their emotional life is. So I'm talking in terms of like talking about sex or whatever people get a lot of fears of like, oh, he's not enjoying the sex or whatever. And instead of saying like, you're not enjoying the sex, or I feel like I'm not turning you on enough, or there's something you're missing in sex, but to say, I'm experiencing, maybe we could have a little bit more intimacy, or maybe... Here's something I need in sex. Now you go like that kind of th- when you can talk about yourself when you can bring it back to yourself and your experience. It allows the other person, it gives them permission to have needs and opinions of their own. I think, and it's also like you're saying when you're willing to open up about a problem or an issue you're having, it gives the other person like oh, okay, it's okay to say this now. I don't have to feel so shy and so vulnerable.
1: Yeah, I think showing a little bit of vulnerability goes a long way with other people just being more comfortable opening up.
0: Yeah. And saying like, this sex is very messy and I can't just lie here and let it spill out of me. I have to go to the bathroom now. And now they know that you're a human. And so they get permission to be a human.
1: Yeah, being a human is so helpful.
0: It's very helpful. Being willing to be a human and not just like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't have any needs. I don't need anything. The person knows you have needs. So when you're pretending like you don't, that's just putting them more on edge because they're like, at some point it's going to come out that there's something wrong and I don't know what it is. And that puts everyone on edge where if you're just like, so this is what I'm going through. There you go. I'm laying it on the table. And then they're like, okay, I can deal with that. That's right there. I can deal with that.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great, just more honest way to start. I mean, of course, when you first start dating someone, you don't want them to see you without your makeup on. Sure. But you don't naturally have eyelashes that are two inches long. Like that's,
0: <laughs> You can't
1: upkeep that for the rest of your life.
0: No. The moment you take the eyelashes off, they can relax too. Yeah. They're like, I don't have long eyelashes either. It's beautiful. We can all just be weird, messed up, eyelash free humans together. How was the, um? you said it was a little bit of a strain on your relationship when you were, your business was going really well, your wedding was a month away. How did you juggle all of that? Because I also get a lot of people who are like, it's really hard to have a career and do everything I want to do and have a relationship. And like, maybe I should just focus on my career. And I'm like, I believe there's a world in which you can have both. But what was that? What is that like for you?
1: I think it came down to leaning on my networks and being more intentional in the time that I was going to spend with my now husband. Um, And it was also just the fact that he was supportive of what I was doing and could understand and knew that it was going to be time consuming. He knew what he was getting into (laughs) when. <laughs> but it's too late now. If you didn't um no, I'm just kidding. but he like it's a good thing. And so you need to be with someone who understand and understands and can celebrate those good things, even if it temporarily takes time away from you guys, yeah, And then alternatively, I think it's important for it was important for me to say, like, okay, let's intentionally spend time and plan time together where I'm not drowning in boxes and emails and orders and (laughs) marketing and people. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, all of this was happening during our wedding and having supportive a supportive network of family and friends was incredibly helpful. I mm-hmm. had a friend who was like cooking us meals on like the week of the wedding and just having support like from my parents. Um, they have been helping me this entire time. Like it's been without that support. It's it's tough.
0: Were your parents ever weird about you talking about coming your vagina all the time?
1: No, my, so my dad, my like <laughs> six foot, five Asian dad um he's that's why I'm tall yeah. he is also an entrepreneur and so to him he's like oh cool like you found a problem and a solution and he is like super stoked on it like I have never seen him more excited he's like when I started selling 69 packs it was like a joke but people have a lot of sex and they're buying them. And so my dad's like, wow, like people are buying the 69 packs. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. And so it, it's been incredible. I That's mean, awesome. a lot of the times people are like, oh, what does your dad think about your business? And I'm like, my dad is like helping me and supporting me. And he's like super excited. And they're like, yeah. oh.
0: I mean, so, I guess your parents had to accept at some point that you were having sex anyway. Right,
1: and I'm married now, so it's right. cool. Right,
0: so it's cool. Was your, and your husband's always been super cool about, like, you talking all about this stuff openly. He was never weird about that.
1: Yeah, it's, the first time I ever um, did, like, a pitch night and pitched, I didn't want him there because I was nervous mm-hmm. because I'm talking about us. Like, I'm talking about, like, yeah, we have sex, and then he rolls over, and then I run to the bathroom. Yeah. And I'm like, gosh, my pitch is about you and um, he knows that and he's totally okay with it. And that was one of the things that when I was online dating and just looking for a partner, I knew I wanted them to be secure because even if I'm not working on coming on, it's going to be something.
0: Yeah, it's always going to be something. You're going to keep spicing it up. You're not going to let them get off easy. Um, So back to, okay, so this is great. Um, I'm so inspired by your ingenuity and your willingness to just like be yourself and like be chill and just kind of like, I'm experiencing this problem. I'm going to share it with everyone else. And I hope other people really find it inspirational as well, because I think there can always be more frank and open talk about sex and about the process of sex and how it's this kind of like messy, awkward not just like hot in the movies. In the movies, they never have to clean up after themselves. But maybe you could get your product into like a movie and that would be (laughs) life-changing. That would be so sexy. Seriously, we need to talk about this. Um, Let me circle back a little before we end to your also business as a photographer just because I want to provide some hot tips for my listeners. Uh, Because we talked about hot tips for how to be more open sexually and how to be honest and how to be human, all very important. How does one... Talk about, like, dating profile pictures and or social media pictures and, like, a few do's and don'ts that you would say.
1: I think for for men... Mm. You've probably heard most of these, but try to have a few photos where you're not wearing sunglasses.
0: Yes. Very important. Must see the eyes. Um,
1: And then try to have a few photos that are just you so I don't have to figure out which person you are in a group of 10 dudes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just like like normal, natural photos where you're doing things that you enjoy. Because if you're doing something that you enjoy or like or you're having fun, that'll come through in your photos. Like I don't think you need pro professional, like crazy photos because it's almost unrealistic.
0: Yeah. It's very unreal. I mean, that's what I was gonna ask you is how do you feel or how did you feel when you were on the apps and you would see people's like profesh photos?
1: Kind of weird. Yeah. I'm like, did you pay someone for that? Yeah. I mean, I guess if it's like, oh, you were a groomsman at a wedding. Sure. But it's it's a little unusual because it's like, I just want to know what you look like as a normal person because that's how I'm going to see you most of the time.
0: Exactly. And like, we know we can all look good with the right lighting, the right makeup, the right filters, the right everything. But it's like, you want the person to be pleasantly surprised when you show up, not disappointed. You don't want (laughs) like... people are always like, I'm losing weight for the wedding. And I'm like, I'm not because hopefully like, I don't want that photo to be the best I'll ever look. I want to always look better when I look back at my photos. And I feel the same way about dating. I'm like, yes, you want to put your best foot forward, but you don't want to put your most filtered, beautiful, sun-kissed, dewy, amazing photo. And then you show up looking like a normal person once again. And they're like, oh, wait, I thought you walked around with like a golden light on your face. Like, I'm a little disappointed.
1: Yeah, filters can be detrimental because you just, like, have no idea. And there's, like, Facetune and just, like, all these kinds of things.
0: Right. You don't want a person's – you don't want your date's face to fall when they see you. You want them to light up with excitement that you're even better looking in person.
1: Yeah, I mean, as long as you have just, like, a clear photo of your face, like a phone
0: photo, I mean, I think that's great. It's, I think that's it's great. realistic. What about selfies? Selfies? maybe one.
1: I, I, okay. I have a personal thing with selfies because I don't really take selfies. Um, and so I think, I don't know if most girls would agree with me, but I think when a guy has selfies on his dating profile, it's a little unusual.
0: Yeah. I mean, they do it because some people are just like, well, I don't, have that many pictures of myself i don't have that many people to take pictures of me and so they're like well let me just get a good one on my face but it's a little it's i would weird. say
1: no more than like one selfie
0: yeah oh i would agree with that for sure mirror how do you feel about mirror photos where they're like take a picture You still do that i think so <laughs> because people are like my body looks good right now and there's no one around i'm gonna take a picture of myself I guess. I don't know. I guess. I wouldn't swipe on a mirror photo. I like your tip about photos doing things you like to do that kind of make you look like you are a fun, interesting person who does things other than take pictures of themselves in the mirror.
1: Yeah, like you don't have to have a photo like with
0: a baby either.
1: Like oh, I no. I see what you're doing there and it's not absolutely necessary. Like it's okay.
0: It's okay. We don't. We we okay. We'll have that conversation later. Like that is the the baby thing is a funny thing because I'm like they think it's like appealing in this way, but if you go on the date and you're like, so the baby, they'll freak out. So why are they even putting that out there? And
1: I'm like, is it your baby? Like yeah. do you have a baby?
0: I'm like What about the ones where they have the baby and they're like, Not my baby and it's just too much. It's too much. But it's like, where did you get that baby yeah, from? Stop stealing babies. Put like three normal photos of yourself looking like a normal person, unfiltered. Great. This has been great. Thank you so much. Where yeah. can people find you?
1: I'm on Instagram. I
0: have a website, Frances Tang or Coming Gone or both.
1: So my Instagram is Get Coming Gone, mm-hmm. um, and then my website. You can type in all forms of come and gone that you can think of on the internet and it'll take you to my website. Amazing. My website is also getcomeandgone.com.
0: I literally just got the pun there. I did not get it before. I was like, coming on, I get it. It comes and then it goes. And now I get it. Now I really get it. Come and gone. That makes more sense. Good job on that title. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I haven't had coffee. Um, this is great. So people can buy the packs on your website. Are they available anywhere else? Amazon?
1: They are only online for now. Mm-hmm. Um, we do eventually want to go retail, but I think people have to understand the product first. Yeah, take takes some... It's, it's interesting. Because we're dealing with something that happens after sex, it is very apparent, like, how poor sex education in America is mm-hmm. based on a lot of the questions, a lot of the comments, um, and just on how to use the product. It's a really simple product, but I guess you have to see it to understand it.
0: You kinda do. I was looking at it and even I still had the question of like how how much does it get up there? But it sounds like just enough. Yeah, I mean you're not gonna leave it in there for sure. No, you're not you're not and you say that also on your website. Don't leave it in, it's not a tampon. It's for soaking up and pulling out. It's medical grade extra soft sponge is my understanding. Yeah.
1: And people do ask like what's the difference between this and a tampon. Mm -hmm. And the answer is a tampon is a really dense piece of cotton. Yeah. And so it's for a certain flow. So you don't want to put a tampon Uh in there when there's not enough liquid because then it'll like tear your vaginal walls. That Um, would hurt.
0: That hurts. I don't like that. Yeah. But
1: it's something that I feel like needs to be communicated because I get that question more often than not.
0: Yeah. I get it. I think you, if you go to the website, you get it. But also like what a great – I also love this product because I think the more we can have products that encourage honest conversation and encourage that humanity from the get-go. Like, let's say you have one of these in your purse. You go on a third or fourth date. You're ready to sleep with the person. Afterwards, you whip out your come and gone sponge and you're like, excuse me, just going to clean up real quick here. Like, What a great, it just is like such a baller move. It's so confident to be like, yeah, there's a mess. I'm going to clean it up, like deal with it. And you find out very quickly about the other person. Can they handle this open, frank conversation? Are they going to be immature, annoying about it? Are they going to be cool? And if they're going to be cool, cool. We get to go on another date and you get to have sex with me again. What a great, great opener, closer, I should say closer and opener. End of the night closer. End of the night closer, possible relationship or more sexual adventure opener cuz then they're also like, wow, this is a girl who knows how to take care of herself.
1: Yeah, like I don't think there should there's nothing to be ashamed of that yeah. you have to like clean like clean up. It's no. just do it
0: but i think any little sta- steps we can take towards expressing our humanity and awkwardness and grossness and like realness in a dating situation is great because you put out a little about yourself you find out so much about the other person yeah
1: and if they're the right person they're cool with it
0: yeah and if they're the right person they have a stash of common guns in their own nightstand for their ladies <laughs> <laughs> they have the 69 pack. It's ready to go. There's a dispenser next to the bed. And they're like, here, let me help you with that. Great. Thank you so much. Like okay. What? Wouldn't that be great? What a baller move that would be. Men, get on the come and gone sponge. Women, get on the come and gone sponge. Look up come and gone. Follow come and gone. Francis, you're amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been fun and educational all around. You're so chill. Let's all be more like Francis. She's chill and she's a badass boss. Bitch, entrepreneur, woman. We love it.
1: Thanks, Dahlia. Thank
0: you. Bye. Bye. Just the tip a dating tip. My tip from my conversation with Frances. Is going to be pretty obvious, but basically, if there's anything you need before, during, or after sex, or before, during, or after a date, speak up. Let the person know. You will find out very quickly what kind of person they are. We can't expect people to automatically know what we need, but we can expect them to, once we tell them what we need, as long as it's, you know, within reason, uh, be there to give it and take our feedback and give us what we need and be respectful about it. And then from that point forward, we shouldn't really have to remind them a lot again. So if it's, I need to know the plans for the date, two days before, or I need to hear from you the day of the date, so I feel good about it, or I like to sit at the bar, or I don't like to drink, I'd rather get coffee, or I need to clean up after sex, or I'm allergic to latex condoms, I need lambskin, whatever it is, you should be able to speak openly and honestly about it. It is scary at first, But the moment you open your mouth and just let it spill out, it will get that much easier. It'll be such a relief on you. And they'll be relieved to know what it is you need and to be able to give it to you. And if they're not, then you find out very quickly that they're not the right person for you. So do yourself a favor. Challenge yourself on your next date or your next encounter or the next time you sleep with someone or whatever to just speak up for one little thing you need and see how the person takes it and be understanding yourself. They might need a couple reminders, but once you speak these things out loud, they should be able to be respectful and then it also gives them permission to do the same and ask you for what they need and then you can be respectful and responsive with that. So go and get it. A reminder to join my Not Your Therapist Get Vocal channel at G-E-T-V-O-K-L, that is Get Vocal, where you can join me on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific for live coaching. You can jump on camera, you can send me questions in the messages, and we will get to talk about everything that when you hear this podcast, you're like, I wish I could respond, I wish I could ask follow-up questions, and we don't get to. You can do it on Get Vocal. Thank you to Frances Tang for joining me today. That was so fun and educational and inspiring. Follow her on Instagram, Get Come and Go. On. You can find her product online, Come and Gone. You can order your 69 pack, get into it, and then you can tell everyone you know about it. Thank you to Melissa Gruen, social media. Thank you to Josiah Thorngate, my wonderful editor. Thank you to Christine Bartolucci. Thank you to all of you for listening, rating, reviewing, joining me on Get Vocal Wednesday nights at 7pm and making dating fun. Oh, and send me any questions, not your therapist podcast at gmail.com.